Welcome to the podcast From Depression to Expression. I'm your host, Oliver Schirach. I have struggled for many years with low energy, self-worth and depression, which have hindered me to truly live my life and express the beauty that is within me. To help myself, I started to learn a lot of things. After many years, I feel ready to share what I've learned with you. You're at the right place if you want to find out more about what is depression, what can cause it and how to get out of it again. It's either for you or for someone you know. We will be going out into realms that are not yet accepted by mainstream. We will be talking about the effects of food on your emotions, being unaware of your emotions, shadow work, triggers, soul retrieval, awakening, dark night of the soul, near-death experiences and much more. Some of those shows would be just me talking about things that are on my heart and what I learned lately. Other shows are with guests from around the world which will share their knowledge with us and broaden our horizons. Those guests can be scientists, shamans, medicine men or women, therapists, personal coaches and of course people that went through depression themselves and sharing their experience, what they learned by finding out who they are. Follow me on this journey to learn more about how to overcome depression. Learn to accept and love yourself truly. So we can embrace our authentic self unapologetically and start expressing who we are without fear, but with joy and lightness. Please remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and share this episode with someone you know that needs to hear this information. So without any further ado, let's get into today's show. Hello again, dear world. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are. For me, it's two o'clock at the moment when I take this into you. And for my guest, Maria, it's, um, what is it, seven-ish? Eight, uh, 16 p.m. in Bali. Okay, 16 p.m. Okay, four o'clock afternoon. Okay, close to getting relaxed. It's still summer, so we still have a lot of light. <laughs> and and warm so welcome maria for the second interview uh we had one about a year ago on the oliver shirach show uh, more spiritually and all these things and this talking about trauma yeah trauma and yeah and, and and all the other things you do and i don't want to say too much we make of course a link to that uh interview and youtube video when it's uploaded <laughs> And now today we talk more about depression and, and your journey of depression. What, what is depression? How do you look at it? Traumas. What can people do um, if they feel low in energy, depressed, and, you know, all these feelings? And uh, so you get some activities, some actions, right, and techniques. So mm. welcome. So who are you just in short so people know? who we have on the other side and why we should listen to you. What are you doing? <laughs> I am a human like you have over on depression. No, really, this is like, this is, this is really the, the highlight of the conversation. I'm someone who is so much in a deep depression 
And then uh, I never thought that I could make made up, like, you know, I could help myself. I thought everything was already crumbled, you know, and collapsed and, you know, and then I'm, I made it, you know, just when I start to change my surrounding. So I'm Maria Omar. I am a trauma practitioner. I am deepening in trauma. My specialty is intergenerational trauma. So I am here. It's very, you know, it's my honor to be with you to share my journey and I love also to learn from you. I know there are so many of us out there who are feeling hopeless, feeling alone, secluded because of you know, hey, we are not alone, you know, feeling like this. Most of the times we think like we are alone. Most of the times, like the problem that we have is the the, the most, the worst problem in the world. And people could even understand a little bit of the pain that we have. And I would like to say, if you're experiencing that, it's, it's normal, you're not alone. And there's a way to get out from that. Most of the time, it's not um, people that we think, you know, should help us and, and we don't get help from them because, to be honest, they don't even have any idea about the wounds that they have, you know, and they couldn't even help themselves and they don't even know where or who to reach out. That's why, like, it's like a domino effect. For instance, like we are living at home with parents who are also wounded. They've got their own childhood trauma. And in, in our lineage, there is a thing called intergenerational trauma, trauma that has been handed, passed down from generation to generation. And it's just like a repetition of vicious cycle. If you've ever heard about, oh yeah, that's run in our family. This run in our, in our family, be it with the disease, be it with some traits, be it with some traditions or cultures, as it is the value or identity of that lineage, that's trauma. As far as that thing is actually impersoning people, not liberating people in the lineage, then that's trauma, you know, because it comes out from dogmatic belief, limiting belief that's actually divisive. And it is something that creates lots of anxiety and depression in the next generation now. So like when we're talking about depression, lots of us think like, oh, it's just from the society. Yes and no. I mean... When I say yes and no, it's not just um, just only society per se, you know, but it's also what happened uh, in our uh, in our household, how we, you know, our upbringing, how our childhood, how our parents been raised, how we've been raised. Uh, did we have a caretakers that we need when we were a child? And I'm, I'm really sorry. There are a lot of us who actually didn't get the parent figure when we were child when we were children and so um this is very important also why many of us are stuck in you know uh, pills for anxiety you know and this kind of thing um the psychology today really still hold lots of judgment in it you know and, and the way we treat depression and anxiety so much with the substance substance rather than to allow every one of us to connect with what's missing in the dark you know, and what is the disconnection that we have with ourselves? you know, and, and it is so sad. And in this phenomena shown to us that how we as a collective, we are handicapped in understanding our emotions in we, how self-disconnect we are from ourselves. you know, from our own feelings, from our own emotions. So every time we feel uncomfortable, then 
they could straight away come up with label and it's like, okay, this is anxiety, anxiety, you take this pill. As if like society tell to us that, you know, like there's nothing else that you can do rather than this pill, rather than, you know, we're being thought to how to handle our big emotions. It is something that's very important. Every school, we were supposed to get a thought with this concept, how to resolve conflict, how to come up with uh, as an assertive communicator, you know, how to express your feelings and your emotions in a assertive way. This is something that we didn't get at school. We got biology, mathematics, algebra, but everything else that we don't even use it when we grow up. You know, that we don't even, you know, it's not even something in our priority list when we grow up. So what, what was that? Rather than we were being thought to how to resolve conflicts how to understanding big emotions, how to express our opinions, our feelings, our thoughts without even hurting others, how to approach situations with understanding and not with judgment, how to approach uh, someone who's actually carrying different thought and perspective with curiosity rather than with blame, with judgment. This is something basic, yet it is so important. You know, like we... In human connection, what works is empathy. And we lack of that as a collective. When someone talks, we are so trained to listen to reply, not listen to understand. And so when someone talks, like we feel like we also want to show that we our existence is here. That's why many times when 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 what is missing in our society is that we couldn't understand the real message behind someone's words. Because every, in every word that someone say, in every word that humans express, it's actually a feeling that is unheard, feeling that is waiting to be heard. And what's happened in our human connection is that because we are so disconnected to ourselves, we are so handicapped collectively in understanding our emotions. So this is a mistranslation in the communication. You know, the, all the traumatized self that we have inside of us in psychology, uh, where we are uh, familiar with inner child, the little part of us inside of us that stored all of the wounds, our unresolved past wounds from the past, from when we are in our childhood, even since before we were born, all the trauma of our mother, you know, when we were when we were in our mother's womb, stored there in our cellular levels, then when we are like born and then and then we are not thought on how to understand our emotion. And we each of us grow up, you know, wanting to be heard, wanting to be seen, wanting to be accepted, wanting to be appreciated just the way we are. So when we bump into the other human being who's also lost in mistranslation, like not connected with their own self. So this is why we have misunderstanding. Everyone wants to be seen. Nation A to nation B, we have war only to show off that like I'm stronger than you. What is the message behind that actually? Nation A want to be seen stronger than nation B. It's all about the disconnection. It's about the expression that's looking for existence, looking for a safe space to be appreciated, you know, 
either it's nation, because they're entities. Nation is what consists of individuals, and individuals who are what carrying lots of wounds from the past. You know, so this is what is going on, even in the in the collective scale, when we are so self-disconnected. This is what's going on, and 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 it's hinting depression, it's hinting anxiety, it's hinting self-sabotaging, it's hinting self-blaming, it's hinting self-judgment. You know, everything, all all the everything in mental illness that you might you know know. So, so this is why we are having a society that is actually so unplugged with our own essence we don't know how to value our life if it's not through materialism so when we don't when we don't have enough in terms of materialism and we feel left behind and this even creates more depression and anxiety there's point a point b when we feel like we are not being wanted nobody with us we are failed in our relationship we feel like oh fuck you know like Love is so bad. We don't even we know. That's actually just another part of the day when, you know, if we able to shift our, reframe our thinking, we could take like, okay, what could I learn from it? You know, that disconnected we are until every experience that's supposed to help us to get closer to our unresolved past one. And so like we learn from it so we could overcome with it. We stay in victim mentality. You know, it's like, oh my God, I'm like um, that my partner is being so bad and, and, and they are so ungrateful. Fine, it's painful. But then after that, let go. I mean, like if you already know that person is, is not, you know, it's, it's not the one who's helping you to tap into your better version then why you are hanging out even longer in the place where you're not well. Yeah, it's it's this um, letting go. So let, let's uh, hear what happened with you. Why were you depressed? What was your story? And and what was, what did you find out? What was holding you in the depression? You you shared now, you know, materialistic thinking as we learned through our culture, through our parents and TV and school and all these things. And the other one not feeling wanted. So what was the story for you? When did you realize you're depressed and and, and how did it well, I, I've been feel? depressed as a kid because of childhood trauma that I had. I was emotionally abandoned in my childhood and I didn't have the concept of depression. But like when I look back the all the symptoms and especially my teenage life all the way to my 20s and I'm kind of like introvert but uh, then I found out that I'm actually also social butterfly but when I was living with my parents um, I felt so different than people around me because everyone was like you know running with the label of religiosity you know like when you're not religious you're not considered as a good person I'm so tired with that. It was also religious trauma that I had to carry and lots of judgment and, and dar- direct and indirect judgment from my parents. Um, you know, like I come from Muslim background, knowing how many people who's covering, you know, for instance, women, they cover their hair or, you know, cover their, their, the way they, their clothes and stuff. And for me to have my own voice and and to say that I don't I don't I don't agree with what you do 
or uh, I don't, I see contradictions in what you do, this kind of thing. It was so, wow, it was so, it's like a threat for them. So, and then I've been living in this, um, in this energy of very contradicting with my own energy where people are, you know, people are pretending actually. That's what I feel, you know, people behind the door, I saw here and there people are actually, you know, doing things that they don't want people to see. And, and it's also related with um, the sixth sense that I've, the gift of sixth sense that I had, the extrasensory gift that I had, and then how people in the religious mindset, you know, still think about it. You know, it's something that is actually not that welcome. Uh, while behind the door they're actually adoring it you know like admiring that spirituality and stuff and you know this kind of thing and I didn't get um, emotional support when I got bullied for instance uh, from a big family over the extrasensory gift that I had I didn't get support from my mom and my father like to stand up for me it was really re-traumatizing me so I become more um, distance and distance and distance with the family. I found out that I slept a lot. It was not normal. I, I didn't have any, any um, excitement for life to look for any other activities, to look for friends. You know, I was just like serving online. I was just curled up in my own bubble, in my own room. I didn't even go out. I didn't even want to meet people who come to my house. If someone knocked the door, I did. I prefer to not open the door just because I really don't want to meet people until that bad. So my life was really unhappy. And then I felt like there's no hope for future. There's no spark of light. I didn't have support system. And, and meanwhile, I feel like I myself, when I'm, when, when I'm with myself, you know, I, I surf on the internet over things that I truly feel resonate with and, you know, questioning a lot of things about a lot of things that are, that are not welcome in my circle. Um, so, yeah. And then I felt like um, nobody understood me. And then when I joined with big family I, I prefer to withdraw myself because they're carrying with so much different energy so I felt like an outsider and I felt like I had no safe space in the world um, for me and I didn't have a job back then so it's just like curled up in my room and stuff it was in my teenage life until 20 something and, and uh, I didn't have a concept of you know, how to be grounding in life. What is grounded life? What is happy life? What is peaceful life? Because my concept of happy is like when I want something and I could buy it. It's very shallow. And and I didn't have any better support system that could give me guidance or uh, help me, support me in my journey of questioning my belief system, questioning my thoughts. It was really, I was like really against the current uh, of my big family energy, which is religious energy. I'm not saying that the the religion per se is like bad, bad, but more about my focus is like in the specific dogmatic beliefs and all of the energy of the unresolved past wound, the intergenerational trauma that is attached with the dogmatic belief. Like, oh, uh, uh, you cannot question, oh, 
um, um, to be able to 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 consider as a good person, then you have to fulfill A B C D E F G. If you're not fulfilling A B C D E F G, then you are different than us. You know this kind of very limiting and divisive belief, and nobody is is brave enough to question that and then to speak up, you know, in front of people. And it was me who able to do that. So I was kind of like already cycle breaker before even I knew the concept of cycle breaker. And that created a lot of anxiety and depression in a sense of that. I was so depressed that I felt like my life was a curse. And, and because of the childhood trauma that I had with my father, I really wanted to kill him. There was a one point when I was in university because I didn't have a supportive father. He's so disconnected with his emotion. He's emotionally unavailable and he's severely traumatized, my father. So, and then that's why wounded people, uh, I mean, hurt people, hurt people, right? Yeah, Someone yeah, exactly. People again. So, but this this the concept, the trauma and, and uh, yeah, trauma is something that I didn't know about that. So I was living in victim mentality, full of anger, and 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 my mother also uh, another byproduct of a conventional family, and so she kind of like sad old person, you know. She she didn't have much to say, and she kind of like swallow everything in patience, you know, and you know the the byproduct of conventional household, and so when I experiencing something that is out of her landscape then she didn't know what to do right rather than to just be there did her best with her compassion and everything but there's also a lot of damage that I experienced even from someone that is so compassionate which is my mom and oh god I feel like uh I didn't have a it was really dark because I didn't have a I don't know where to go in life and I don't know I don't know is there really is there really a chance that I could really do the version that I've always written off because it's it's against people that I met in reality I was okay. so depressed I was married when I was 24 years old uh, uh to be honest with you I was settled because I want to live my parents house I was that depressed and I I compromised and I didn't even um, I didn't even want to get to know more about things from my ex-husband. You know, like I didn't even know in how to have a standard before begin a marriage or like before begin a serious relationship. What are the standards that I have to know from a man or self-assess myself? So I was so depressed and, 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 you know, again, people like, oh yeah, yeah, you're already that age. Yeah. You're good to go to marry, but nobody come to me and ask me like, how far you, you know, this person, you know, and how, how do you know this person in handling conflicts? Nobody even asked me that, you know, and I didn't know how this guy would react when there is a conflict. I didn't know. Um, how he would react, you know, if there is a, something that trigger him or like a sensitive uh, conversation. And so I didn't even know more about uh, his past and, you know, like very detailed thing, his childhood and everything, because I didn't have the concept of that. But well, again, I learned from that. Without that story, I'm not where I am right now. So yeah, that's my story.
<laughs> okay, so I can hear yeah this intergenerational trauma from your father side yeah. with the you know emotional awareness and your mom i think in the first interview we talked about that your mom also has the sixth sense or the abilities to sense yes. more but she kind of as you, you you mentioned here suppressed it in in order to fit into the box she was given in the generation in the traditional family setting yes. so she suppressed her own um personality to fit in kind of and you were breaking that pattern it sounds to me like that right yeah yeah mm -hmm. okay and, and also with your father with the emotions so you have like these two uh traumas which came to you so what was actually the trigger for you to wake up to release that depression this trauma this low energy how did you get out of it what what did you do the trigger was i'm, I'm i was done with my shit i was done with the shit that was the trigger because I was really tired and I didn't have the knowledge back then uh, about how to break the cycle and how to overcome the, how to turn pain into power. I didn't know that. It was as simple as that I'm done with this. And then this is not the place where give me what I want. As simple as I'm being aware, okay, I've been living, I've been trying in the same place with the same people that I thought, I thought, I thought, I believe, I believe, I believe that they're supposed to help me. But look at them. They're even, they're a mess. They're a big mess for themselves. And then I realized like, wow, like I've been, I've been surviving in the place where this is the only place that I know, right? Family. And then after that, like I didn't have close friends that really could, you know, back me up or like people who are, very open-minded and you know have a, a second opinions over life for my problem i didn't have that I, i really have to figure it out by myself and i my my mom who's very close with me she doesn't even have the encouragement to take me to psychologists or psychiatrists when i was already too much with depression and anxiety and anger um I really wanted to kill my father, you know, because all of the damage and pain that I've been experiencing since I was a kid, everything that I've witnessed, everything that I've heard, everything that I've observed, you know, like, wow, like I'm going to get killed because of this, you know, and then like nobody helped me. And then like, whoa, Maria, like uh, I realized uh, that was a moment, actually my big turning point is after my divorce in 2017. And my ex-husband was supposed to be there and protect me. And, and it, <laughs> it's become the person who showed me about what life is, you know, and, and that was the end of the tunnel. And I lost uh, my kid, you know, I had a miscarriage in that and I was living in other country and I had to manage myself to rescue myself to come back to my country because of you know, everything that I've been through, I, you know, he had a problem in my country and we were already separate back then. And, uh, and then after that, he had a problem and I have to stand. I was like the last hand. It was like, as it was, as I was the hands of God, you know, for him back then. So like after everything that I've been through and then you know, I started to compromise and move to this country. And then when there is something happened and he couldn't even stand for the bare minimum. And that was really 
the end of the tunnel from the universe. I think it's like universe said like, okay, Maria, now it is yours. It, it's no longer ours. And uh, there was a moment, oh, wow. So I've been really living in illusion. I've been really living in the in so much wounds. You know, do you think I I had an idea? I had an idea about what I had before? No. After right now, after I'm deepening about trauma, into deep healing, into deep shadow work, uh, let's say like four years, um, in the recent four years that I'm deepening shadow work, I'm into trauma as a, and then I became a trauma informed then I'm having a new lens, right? And then after I wear this new lens, like understanding of everything, I started to see around. I was like, what the fuck that you've been through, Maria? Like, what the fuck that you've been dealing with? You know, like I started to see the mess in 5D with this new lens that I didn't see before. I didn't have the concept before. So then I sit with myself and then I realize like, okay, then it makes sense. Why all of the spiral, the, you know, the perpetuation of vicious cycle in, in with me and my parents, my, my mom with my father, you know, like everyone is wounded and we just don't realize and we just don't know what to do, how to help ourselves and where to go. Because as a society, we are handicapped in understanding our emotions and then I pin down, I go down, pin down, and it's like, wow, it's as, as, as simple yet as profound as understanding emotions. This is the main starting point, you know, in healing ourselves, in, in providing help for ourselves, understanding our emotions, and then to approach situation, people with understanding, with curiosity, rather than with judgment. So this is a total key. When we are able to embody this, this mindset, embody this value, it could resolve lots of conflicts in the world. Because yes. we could finally, you know, sit and listen. Okay, what is this person actually means? You know, understanding the story from the context. Because the story from everyone's context is valid from their own context, from their own perspective. So what what missing is that we 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 translate people's story, people's message with our lens rather than to sit and ask what happened to you. What but, are how, but, but but how can you do that? I mean, what, what is needed you are actually able to sit there, listen to a person without judging, without yeah, without putting your filters on top of what you hear. What is think- needed? What's needed is for us to to do the self-check-in. When people come up and then start to talk about their problem, we need to ask, you know, do you need second opinion or you need someone to listen to? And uh, Maybe- where, where do you have to stand as a person? I mean, I, I think for me, what comes up is like self-acceptance and self-love or self-understanding. Yeah. Because if you do not accept yourself and uh, or understand yourself, how will you then be able to be neutral for other people? That's kind of like what came up for me while listening to you. Yeah. yeah. It's about self-connection. It's about, you know, the bottom line, all of the methodologies that we have, ancient methodologies, modern methodologies in psychology, it's actually for self-connection. 
So it's enough to say, it's enough to tell us that how disconnected we are from ourselves, from our emotions, from our sense, from, from our core, from our own colors. You know, we, we pour, we, we take another mask, we pretend uh, to be someone that we are not to fit in. And, and this is also what happened in how we translate people message. You know, most of the time we are here not to understand. We're here to reply. <laughs> so it's also first thing that we can do. It's of course, you know, it's something that you have to practice and how we can practice that before we do it to others is to ourselves to listen first to how we truly feel from our trigger you know, what is there that is actually the message, the unheard message that is waiting to be heard from our triggers, the way we got triggered over something. You know, this is why there are therapies, but there are also ways that we can apply it to ourselves in understanding what's the memory that attached with this when I got triggered over this. You know, who are the people that come across our mind in the past that we could remember in the specific memory? Was that our parent? Was that our caregiver? You know? What did they do? What age you were when you experienced that? Some people got triggered over a specific word and some people got triggered over some specific noise. Some, you know, like we got triggered over a different kind of thing. What would be beautiful for us to understand? Where does it come from? Otherwise it's gonna hijack every form of relationship that we have with people because it's just perpetuation of it's just cycle. We are just, you know, we just, okay, I don't like that. Please, if you want to be with me, don't do that. Yeah, okay. But the question that we need to answer is like, why we don't like that? Because if, if we keep not liking something that we don't even understand the reason, it will be us who are going to be a victim in, in the end. You know, actually, that is actually the wounds because this is, this is the thing. If our unresolved past trauma from our childhood trauma or intergenerational trauma you know, it's not being addressed, it's not being healed, it will hijack, it will take the first front row seat in every relationship that we have with people. If we don't address our trauma, if we don't heal our trauma, our business, our relationships, our life will. Yeah, and that's, um, yeah, there are several quotes coming up in my mind. Life is for you, not against you. It's like one I, the things that you need to work on that will be presented to you over and over in different situations with different tonalities, but it's always the same message um, to get to know that one. And uh, what, yeah, the other one just flew away. But <laughs> so that's definitely one thing, as you say, right? That there was something happening and now you're in a relationship. Like, please do not talk like that to me. Please do not do that. And that's exactly when going back to what you say, said before, if you really want to listen to people, you should not be annoyed by that, right? Because we all have different ways of doing things. And if you're triggered by a certain way, like you were drinking a glass of water, if that would annoy me, what would that help uh, in the discussion we have now, right? Then I cannot be here <laughs> just because you were holding the hand, the fingers in a certain way with having the glass. Some people yeah. might get triggered. I've been with a friend who did like that all the time with his hair three days ago. And I was like, oh my God, he's nervous. But I somehow managed to just ignore it and continue it. But I can imagine yeah. many people get very annoyed by him really over three hours, continuously touching his yeah. hair and moving. Uh, 
So luckily I didn't get triggered, but yeah, life is for you. <laughs> life is for you, not against you. And it's hard. It's, it's really hard for me as well. We talked before and I talked with my sister. I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. How do you find these triggers when you realize I'm triggered or I'm getting angry, I'm getting anxious? How can you then counter the, do you have any tips, any practice, any technique, any mindset? Yeah. What I do, what works with me and people that I help is to learn about, take a pause. You know, when you are having this inner turbulences inside of you, you got triggered or something and you just don't know how to provide help for yourself. Just take a pause. You know, if, you know, like you have options to do something or not to do something. So when you know that, things that you're going to do is something that could harm yourself and others, be it verbally, be it physically, then take a pause, you know, and, and deal with the emotion in when you're taking that pause, like deal with that and ask, count and ask yourself, you know, like what I'm going to say, well, like, I feel so angry right now. I feel like I want to punch that person or like, I want to say that that person is stupid. Take a pause. And then, Zoom out yourself, think that, you know, that is one bubble of like anger, you know, like there is a one person in front of you, zoom out from that person. And then, you know, you see how that person is, you know, talking and you pay attention and, you know, then listen. And then after that, you could ask, actually, it's about you are witnessing your fear you are witnessing your emotion you are witnessing your inner child speaking over there it's your wounds that is speaking because like why the heck you have to be triggered over someone who's playing their stroll for instance when you are like the mole and someone like drinking and they're, they're playing their stroll oh when you really talk about it i mean when you when you when you increase your ability to talk with your inner child with your fear and then you realize like oh when i was child i got punched or i got a slap by my mom when I was playing with stroke or I was witnessing my cousins to be spanked because they're playing with the stroke or my grandmother said something about it you know this kind of thing this is the memory that is very subtle that we sometimes we don't realize but it's like a residual memory residual energy that stays in our cellular levels that makes us feel there is an anger in that why because back then when we are doing some specific things and then we got judge punish blame uh, uh you know call names by our caretakers or our parents there is a uncomfortable there is a wound there's pain inside of us that got repressed and we suppressed so that stays in our cellular levels in the chamber that we call inner child and then it goes all the way until you know we go getting bigger and bigger become an adult and then it's still there without even we know it has been there and then it's actually hijacking our relationships and the way we present ourselves. So what we can do, take a pause and then accept that it is hard for you to accept that you, you cannot accept that. Okay. And then ask yourself why, you know, yeah. like, because we have, we have options. If we can hurt someone, we also have options to not hurt that person. So ask first yourself, like why I, I have a tendency to, you know, to choose to hurt that person more just because that person's uh, playing the stroll. 
And and more about like asking yourself, it's actually in the therapy. Uh, it's in, also in the methodology that I help with people, but something that you can help with yourself, ask with yourself. You know, it's like, I feel triggered when, what? Write, get a book, like a journal, uh, make sure that you're honest with yourself. That's the only terms and condition. You can be very blunt in 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 language that in word that you use, but like you really have to say it there. I got triggered when I heard A B C D E O G, because many times our mind we are very busy. Like every minute we think about a lot of things, and then we kind of like forgot about um, little things that make us angry. But when we write it, and when you are like calm down, and then you have a clear mind, and then you read again, those writings actually could be your guidance in navigating your unresolved past ones from what are the things that triggered me? What are the situations that that triggered make people make people create another conclusion over me that actually I don't feel that's right. Just because of that one particular experience that people had with us when we got triggered. And then that creates another trauma for us. It's just like, oh, fuck. It means like I have to repress it again. You see, this is the tricky part. You know, like you're not done with that part, the unresolved past one that triggered you. But then just because you got so much judgment from people by the experience that people had with you, people are going to say that, oh, you are an angry person. Oh, that person is hard to deal with. You better not to deal with that person just because that person got triggered over something stupid. You know, this kind of thing that make you feel like, oh, fuck, it's not safe for me to express what I truly feel, my anger. So then you you repress it again, you repress it again. But what happened is going to blow at home. It's going to blow in your relationship. It's going to blow when you feel safe to your children, to your parent, to your partner, to your staff. When you feel like in the hierarchy, you, you have more, more, more power in that, then boom. Exactly. When you're in your safe space, you explode. That's, I mean, I just triggered something in don't know how many years ago. It's like, why am I reacting like that at home, but I'm not doing it at work because at home I'm safe and at work I feel unsafe. Yeah. In that situation, I do not remember what happened and, but I just remember exactly when you say it's like when you're in this safe space or with your parents, Right. And yeah. then suddenly now you're grown up and now you feel like you have more power than mm-hmm. them. Not everyone. I mean, I've talked to people at 40, 50, they still feel their 80 year old father is power over them. Um, mm-hmm. Right. It's a mental thing, but that's when you then explode and that's when you give back. And you're like, why again, 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 with the people which are close to me, which I like and enjoy and love, am I exploding? And the worst yeah. is with kids, right? You're five year old, three year old, you're traumatizing them. As you say, you have the higher hierarchy. Now, we try to keep it short. So let's see if we can do that. You have so much to share. <laughs> it's, it's like, just flows out of you. I'm like, wait, I haven't even asked questions really. Um, and you just share and share and share. So we, we talked about, let, let's also share a bit. What is depression? What are the symptoms and the signs uh, of depression? So for people which listen to it, I know it's a bit... Uh, long into the episode but you know someone who comes and i do not know am i depressed so what are the signs symptoms and you know how can you tell okay so uh depression for 
As for meaning is uh, when you're feeling unhappy and then you lose hope for your future. Because depression and anxiety, um, I I contribute a little bit of it because depression and anxiety, they're like twins that always, like sisters or brothers, they always come up like together. Depression is uh, related with our unresolved past traumas. What happened in our past, the residue that is still there in our cellular levels, like um, the trauma when we were abandoned, being abandoned, you know, a judge and blame and shame. And anxiety is like our worry about the future or something that has not happened yet. So this is, they're like coming together. So signs of uh, depression is, wow. It's, I'm sure everyone must experience it. You know, when we are losing our, our excitement to do things that we used to like or we used to be good at and we don't know why and all of a sudden like we feel like out of touch and when uh, we feel guilt we feel like worthless you know and we just don't know why oh depression is also come up you know in the difficulty of sleeping or even uh, you can take a nap or almost a whole day so it's like it could be both you know and um also could be in the in the sense of you feeling restless that's also depression and in the sense of pain you know pain in your body but it's like i'm not doing anything uh heavy but why i, I feel my body is so uneasy it's because, you know, like um, um, the, the, the trauma that's stored in our body start to breathe, you know, and we just uh, don't know. And all of a sudden, we feel like we just want to, um, what is it? Uh, um, we don't want to go to the crowd that we used to go. We withdraw ourselves, you know, and curled up in our own zone, in our own bubble. And also we feel like uh, retake over a lot of things and uh, we feel empty mood and uh, some people uh, have a more appetite it's like they eat, eat, eat that's why they gain weight and some people like losing their appetite so the most important is like pay attention with your patterns is this something that you experience on your daily basis you know or it's something that all of a sudden become extra you know it's something that um, it's something that makes you uncomfortable in experiencing that. Pay attention in how you feel when you're experiencing that. For instance, okay, one time we feel like we need more nap. It's okay, it's fine. But when, when every time you have free time and and the first thing that you want to do is just go home and sleep and curl up and withdraw from the society or from your inner circle, then ask again yourself what happened. You know. So it's about your our willingness to be open again, you know, in order to connect with ourselves. Like it takes willingness for us to be honest, to talk with ourselves, to sit with ourselves. Because when we're feeling depressed, it's in the time of ourselves wanting to be seen, wanting to be heard, wanting to be appreciated, wanting to be respected as how we are. Because we feel the world is not safe. That's why, like, we curled up in our bubble. And this is the moment where, um, you know, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. When when we feel depressed, always remember it's about 
our body, it's about ourself, is wanting to tell unheard message that has been waiting for us to be heard. And so it's a matter of like how patient you are, how willing you are to listen to that unheard message. If you want to know as simple as you ask yourself, you know, like, oh, I'm feeling anxious when I experience blah, blah, blah. I am feeling um, uncomfortable. I am feeling unheard. I'm feeling hurt when I am experiencing blah, blah, blah. So by verbalizing your inner experience, it's actually helping you to have clarity in what are you processing actually and where you are stuck, where you are not getting help, where you are not actually uh, providing help for yourself, either you providing help or external help for you. So that's actually, actually the beauty of depression um, the wisdom in depression, the wisdom in anxiety. And also you can tell when your room started to get messy, there's also a sign and symptom of uh, depression. You know, many, many people think like, oh, crazy people or like high IQ people uh, tend to have a messy room. Yeah, okay. But when it's already in the level where they also don't take care of themselves, they don't shower and the room is very messy. No, you have to over your health. You have to you know, to be there and then over your hand to that person. Because what we don't know, many people seems like, oh, they're high functioning, you know, like high functioning anxiety and, and you know, people who are performers. And but back then, after the performance done, they come back to their place and they use the substance and their rooms are total messy. And then uh, their lifestyle, their diets are total messy. So it's still anxiety and depression, you know, so... Pay also attention to those people around you. If you have those people with the signs and symptoms that I've mentioned, if they seem to moving or talking slowly, or if they seem to be indecisive, because behind someone who's indecisive, there's lack of confidence. And behind that lack of confidence, a fear of being judged, fear of judgment. So they don't feel like they could, um, people please everyone. Because of what happened in the past, you know, they got repressed so they suppress themselves in what they feel and what they thought is right for them. So this so like they fit in, they indecisive when they make decision A and the last minute they cancel, it's anxiety, fear of judgment. And am I going to be accepted? Is it enough for me to be accepted in that circle? You know, this kind of thing. So yeah, oversleeping is also sign of depression so pay attention uh, if it's you people in your circle or just people you see outside and over your hand because truly seriously what we truly miss from one another is like you know we are being we're being heard we're being asked we're being held uh, by one another no matter how close or not we know that person as simple as how are you uh, have you eat, you know, and, you know, we just talk with people and could already help them to, to get through their day. They feel like, oh, actually, um, I'm not that bad, you know, because we don't know how deep someone's depression is, um, because it's something that we can see easily from the face. Many yeah. performers, yeah, also experience that. Yeah, that's, that's, 
universal universal i would like to say uh, i would like to add a little bit depression doesn't have a universal appearance some cry very often some cannot feel anything some you know numb themselves some struggle to get out of bed some don't even you know don't even like to be in the bed at all so you know <laughs> like we do not judge that no it's it just two things came up uh one of my friends uh it's now six weeks since I met him last time and I really tried to connect with him and I know he's depressed and I told him call me meet me even though you feel like you're not good enough it's not that I'm annoyed with you when you're depressed it's it's hurting me more that you're not reaching out so I cannot be there for you and you know because you pull yourself back right pulling yourself in the bed the safe zone and not going out right it's 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 he in this case, he feels like he's um, too much for other people and they don't want to be around. Yep. Uh, that's also one sign, right? It's like, no, that's not. We want to help. We want to be there to help you to feel good and uh, good about yourself. And yeah, not taking care of yourself. Uh, that's like, definitely, you know, you're not cleaning the house. You're not taking care of yourself, how you look, how you smell, all these things. Um, now, you already shared this journaling I feel triggered when what happens. How else can someone get out of the depression? I mean, one thing is definitely search for help. But there's so many different ways of help. There's body treatment, there's talking treatment, there's natural medicine, right? Plant medicine, <laughs> to call it as a big thing. Uh, what, what, what could they do alone besides the, the journaling. Do you have any other tips and tricks, another call to action? Someone can say, hey, you know what? I'm not taking care of myself anymore. Perhaps I should do something. Ask yourself, what is one thing that you could change in where you are at right now? Because there is always one thing that you could do if only you feel safe. Uh-huh. It- Ask yourself, what is one thing I could do if I feel safe? Yes. And ask that yourself. And then after that, ask again, what makes me not feel safe? And then you will, you know, get the answers. Oh, because of, I don't feel support. I don't feel supported by my family, by these and that and these and that. And then there's another question is again, okay, but does this specific action really need support from someone else in order to be happy? Or it's just need your willingness? Many times what makes us stuck is our own mind, our own negative talk, our own victim mentality. So this is actually what makes our depression even go deeper, you know. And also what we can ask to ourselves is like, what is my strength? What is my strength? You know, depression is so much into the feeling of unhappy and don't focus too into the feeling that make you even worst so focus into the opposite the goal that you want which is the happy feeling right the strength the power what is my strength you know it's very easy you can you can start to oh um in how you good to people so it's very easy for us most of the times it's hard for us to tell about what we're good to ourselves but when it's about to our to us from our self waters it's easier for us for instance Oh yeah, I, I can chill. actually I can sacrifice my food to my friend, my good friend. I can share my food, my friend. You know, 
from this kind of thing. And then you write down, journaling is actually holds such a deep power if only you know how to ask the right questions for yourself. The key is in the right questions. That what brings quality in the process of you navigating what needs to be known inside of you, you know? So it's also very important for you to hang with friends and family or people who are inspiring, people who have success story, Right now, we already have internet. It's okay you're alone. It's okay you curled up in your bubble, but there are always people out there that could inspire you. Find those people, for instance, from internet. And there is no any more excuse. You know, there are people who, who had nothing else left rather than only the clothes that they have. And then they could get back on their knee and, you know, they could prove to themselves that they actually deserve the life they deserve. The only thing that that hold them from the life they deserve was actually their mind, their victim mentality. They unconsciously surrender themselves, imprison themselves in the in the in, in the thought of you know byproduct of people with their own wounds. So the thing is that for people who are living in mentality, victim mentality, myself's one of them before is that we are waiting for people validation to tell us that the pain that we are experiencing is actually painful. Are we really need people to tell us that the pain that we are experiencing is painful? Yeah. Really not just like to, you know, we feel that, but we, we still need people to, to tell us that it's painful. Like, yeah, we are dependent on other people's opinions. Uh, that's another thing that just came up to mind. Yeah. Uh, in my case, like, don't ask too much opinions for other people's, you know, decide for yourself. And so for me, it's like my quest at the moment is really to, to improve, increase my understanding of my inner voice right this intuition however it comes if it comes in pictures it and and or or in voices but for me that was cool i'm, I'm just going for a quest she says it's kind of like energy so it's not really a voice it's not really a picture it's not really a sign or anything it's kind of like this energy thing i'm like yes thank you that's how it felt uh, a few yeah. times when i could feel it and um, it always feels right and good when it's intuition. If it's your ego talking, it feels heavy and not so good. <laughs> so you should not do that. How does it feel like? It feels heavy? Okay, then it's your ego, which is afraid. Because oh. of one of these traumas, fears, wounds we talked about in the whole discussion here, right? And then, of course, you can go down like, okay, so why are you afraid? So what, what is behind that? To, to yeah. So is there anything you would like to add to the whole show? Um, or did we get around it? Is there something on your heart you want to share more? Well, speaking of depression, you know, uh, the only thing that is more exhausting than being depressed is pretending that we are not. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, again, yeah. First thing is accept, you know, when, when we feel 
not confidence over something, when we feel not having clarity, when we feel, you know, accept, really embrace whatever the situation that we have and stop pretending. This is actually what's add up in our depression. We want to look strong in front of people while we are actually smashed inside. And then rather than to address the, the wounds and then to do something in the best that we can do, we make another, we pretend that we are not and then we make another drama i'm not drama i mean we, we 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 make another persona fake persona in order to repress you know the real danger in depression is the repression the continuation of the pain that is what we don't realize so that's why i am strong in saying that the only thing that's more exhausting than being depressed is pretending that we're not so think that depression here is actually carrying such an honor message that's waiting to be heard by us so the depression here carries wisdom that's waiting to be heard so when you feel like you're depressed great embrace it it's actually a wake-up call for you from the universe that it's time for you to listen to all of the 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 message in your inbox that is you know unread those unread message in your inbox and and no matter how you're gonna you're gonna do it it's just you know it's just you find ways you find ways and as i told you right now we have internet and we have a lot of people who are open to share about their experience or tools methodologies and internet rather than before right now it's just a matter of you want to help yourself or not so it's about you know, you are acknowledging your perfectionism, like, you know, when you want to make fake persona in order to fit in in the society. And so that you procrastinate yourself to actually pay attention to what needs to be done. And then after that, because you keep procrastinating, you feel overwhelmed because of overlapping, overlapping, overlapping. And guess what? You become more depressed. Yeah, you're, so, you're not authentic, right? Yes. So this is very important. When you depress, embrace it. Great. What is it? I need to listen from this uneasiness inside of me. Because if you're not addressing the pain inside of you, you'll take the first front row seat in any relationship that you have. If you don't address your trauma, if you don't heal your trauma, then your relationship, your business, your life will. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah, and you cannot even help the people around you, even if you want. So when you're depressed and you you have kids, husband, wife, best friends, and you want to help them, you're not really able yeah. to do that because you're still the victim and anything they do, and yet you want to help. And like, God damn it, I tried to help them. They don't listen and they don't do and blah, 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 because you judge again and you're still the victim. You haven't raised... but. I don't think we ever going to be completely healed from trauma totally, but we are, we can be aware. Right. And that's kind of like a waking up as some people call it. Uh, some call it spiritual awakening. It all depends a little bit on the layers. Some people do not like to hear that, but it's still uh, a waking up to realization that there is something I have not been able to see before. Like you said, when you suddenly had these new lenses on, uh, or glasses you suddenly looked around like whoa my mom is in pain my father is in pain my uncle my grandparents the, the government whatever they're all in pain they're all fighting with their own wounds 
but you have yeah. not been able to see that before. So that's kind of like an awakening. Your consciousness is getting bigger and you're aware of more. And, and you open up the space, so to speak, to let in more information. I think one of the most important things I learned this week is create the space, the open space to let the people, experiences, knowledge drop in, however they come, right? Could also be intuition. Uh, and that I heard together with Einstein apparently was asked uh, at the end of his life where, where the relativity theory came from. And he said something about listening to one of his classical musics, uh, just be there enjoying the moment and just be all happy, right? And grateful. And then it just dropped in into his lap, it just dropped into it. He didn't work on it. It just, he created the space of happiness, gratefulness, peace. <laughs> and um, yeah, and depression, as you said, it sounds to me, it's like a wake up call. It's kind of a sign you're ready for more. Now, don't beat yourself up for being depressed, which many people probably do, beating themselves up like I'm depressed. Uh, how do I not get that, right? This perfectionism, as you also call, and say, wow, thank you. I'm depressed. What am I doing wrong? I have the wrong job. I have the wrong relationship. I have the wrong parenting style. I have the wrong network. I live in the wrong place, whatever. I have the wrong beliefs about myself. Yeah. And and. And of course, the easy ways are like, okay, I'm a man, but I love to go around and would be in a ballet and do more female things, right? Would love to work with flowers and making female dresses. But I'm the CEO of this car manufacturer, <laughs> uh, making these super horsepower cars. But actually, I would love to be in the garden, just cut flowers, make nice bouquets with pink and rose and make these dresses for women and of course you're depressed i just i don't know where that came from it's just like a very extreme thing but there's mm -hmm. a lot of in between and small changes that can help you so yeah so now we made it in an hour i hope um we have everything you wanted to share today because i'm sure there's more to go deeper because i really have so many questions i could go deeper right um how to be certain in life um what is truth? What is waking up really? Um, generational traumas, you tapped into it. Is there also like past life traumas which come on? How do you realize that? And so on and so forth. And what will happen when you solve them for you, when you're a circle breaker? What happens with the generations that came before you? Right? So these are more questions, but I think uh, that will be another half hour, 45 minutes if you start to answer those. So. <laughs> It's, it's up to you. We can continue or we call this um, an end for today. I think um, let's make it like let, wrap it. Like let's focus to what we are talking right now. And uh, the last thing that I would like to say is it's very important in, in the acceptance of our depression. And it's important for us to shift to, to learn how to reframe our thinking toward every painful situation that we think is, you know, the death sentence and end of it and stuff. To see the wisdom of it, it requires lots of practice and practice and practice in how we talk to our subconscious. Because the worst critic in the world is ourself, to ourselves. 
So take the moment of you sitting with your pain in the face of depression or in the face of anxiety as an attempt for you to get to know more about who you really are. You know, like know about your dominant feelings, know about your core wounds, know about your insecurities. This is the beautiful, beautiful moment for you to really get to know more about the blockage, about, um, yeah, the blockage that make you believe someone that you're actually not. So embrace depression as a, as a messenger. Embrace pain as a power in a different phase, you know. And, and it's all about beauty. It's all about love behind of it after you spend time with it for more and then you learn so much. You've heard a lot of message that has been waiting to be, to be delivered to you. You learn so much about lots of wisdom that you actually have inside of you and you thought like you don't have that. And that could actually help you to build your own self-trust. And by knowing your needs, by knowing then it gives you clarity in how to take care of yourself, you know, because you're no longer interested to repeat the patterns that have hurt you for, for this long. So depression is actually a wisdom, uh, carries lots of wisdom inside of it. And, and it's just, it's just about getting reunited with ourselves, get connected with ourselves through pain. Because if our lives just happy and glitters and rainbow, then not much that, that we can grow from it, you know. There are a lot of growth in pain. So every time you're experiencing some uneasiness in life, knowing that it's actually time, a stepping stone for you to get stronger to get to know yourself more, to get more clarity uh, in your purpose in life, to be more clear in your core values. And so you could it could help you to set up your priorities in life, be it in your business, be it in your relationship, your whatever relationship that you have uh, with yourself, with others, and with life, with divine, with God. And... Um, that would help you to feel even more safe in your body, to feel even more safe in your vulnerability. Because right now you embrace vulnerability as a treasure. You no longer see vulnerability as a as a taboo, as a something, as a shame, as something that you have to deny, escape from. But it's something that you know you're going to welcome, welcome it with such compassion that hey, come to me. What's another message that actually I need to listen to you now that would help my growth? So when we could see every pain from the lens of love, then we will win. Yes. <laughs> lens of love, self-acceptance, self-love. Yeah. Non-judgment, no self-judgment anymore. No judgment outside. That definitely would be a different world. I mean, looking around. Thank you so much. Um, how can people reach out to you if they want to know more? Okay. Thank you for that. My Instagram is heal and rise with Maria. Maybe also you can write it. Yeah. Heal and rise with Maria. And my Facebook is Maria Omar. M-A-R-Y-A space U-M-A-R. 
but I'm more active on Instagram. So please uh, connect with me over there. And I also routinely post um, things over there that uh, might could inspire you. And yeah, I'm looking forward to connect with you, to listen from your story, to learn from your wisdom. And this is how we show up for ourselves so then we could um, have more energy and show up for others because, you know, it's it's no longer something to people, please people, but it's about, you know, you actually share um, the love and the compassion that you already have, that you already first gave it to yourself. That's the beauty of it. Okay, <laughs> super. So Instagram, it is mostly. <laughs> And uh, that's also how I found you originally, I think. No, I listened to a podcast episode from The Spiritual Shit. And uh, I thought I need to talk to you. So, and I found you then on IG. So now we had two talks and who knows how many talks more we will have. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, listeners, thank you for um, listening to the show. And if you have any questions, you know, reach out to me or to Mariah and uh, Maria. And then we take it perhaps on another show if there's questions we didn't think of (laughs) and with that thank you goodbye thank you